there's more similarities than people would think, right? For example, I mean, Washington is a company town and Hollywood is a company town and the company plays an outsized role in each of those towns and people work, you you tend to have a whole kind of ecosystem that surrounds both. And so it becomes a pretty dominant topic of conversation. And I also like to say with due respect and a little tongue in cheek that both places have draw people with really big egos who uh, like to be in the center of the action. This is Brian Kavadek and welcome back to Kavitox, our occasional show on California politics with two brothers from different ends of, of the political spectrum. I'm the progressive and my brother, who's less loved by the family, is the conservative. I was the president of the Consumer Attorneys of California, a progressive lobbying organization in Sacramento, as well as other various organizations. And I've been engaged in politics as an amateur for at least 20 years in Sacramento, but based in Los Angeles with my own law firm. John? Well, thank you, Brian, and welcome, everybody. This is John Kabatek, Mrs. Kabatek's other son. I like to think the favorite son, but she splits that love, I'm sure. And it's great to have everybody with us and our very special guest. I'm John Kabatek. I am the president of Kabatek Strategies, a political strategy firm here in Sacramento, but also wear the dual hat as California State Director of the National Federation of Independent Business, NFIB, representing small business owners across the state. We have had the good fortune of getting to know our very special guest in the past and really excited and very blessed to have her with us. A lot of fun. We're going to have a good discussion here. And uh, we're so thankful to have Dee Dee Myers with us today. She is quite the accomplished person here. And I will tell you just a little bit of your background, Dee Dee, as we're looking at all of this. Frankly, the press secretary to President Clinton, the first woman press secretary in our nation's history, a senior executive at Warner Brothers Studios. She has also been a technical advisor, I love this one, to the West Wing and an inspiration to one of the characters there, and also most recently was selected by Governor Newsom in December to serve as his uh, director of the Governor's Office of Business and Economic Development. Dee Dee Myers, is there anything you haven't done, and is there like a 15-minute section of the day that you do actually sleep? And welcome, by the way. (laughs) Well, thanks. First of all, it's great to be with, with the brothers here, so thank you, Brian and John, for having me on. This will be fun, and I like that you guys come from different sides of the political spectrum so we can really kind of hash it out here. You know, I, I, I've never played in a World Series, but I've been to a lot of Dodger World Series games. So there's that. I, you know, if they need me at first base, now that Max Muncy's out, I'm available. Right. That's terrific. And, and we need all the help we can get because as we're recording this, the playoff game is a couple of days away. And fun fact, Didi and I are 16 days apart. Yeah. We're both we both recently turned 40. That's outstanding. Yes. It's hard to believe we're 40, Brian. Yeah. I mean, well, it's the anniversary of our 40th birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Dee, let's let's jump in. John, you want to go first? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I think first and foremost, this this role that you've had at GoBiz, Didi. We are so excited to have you there. You have really helped elevate the role, I think, and get the word out, certainly in terms of the resources available to small business owners. I know that was a big focus of Governor Newsom's and certainly for you coming into this role, but maybe just kind of off the top, just how's the past 10 months been since the governor appointed you to head this up? What have been maybe some of the biggest hurdles and some of the biggest triumphs that you've seen? Yeah, well, first, I'm really honored to have the opportunity to step back into public service, particularly during this, you know, challenging period. I 
I did come on in December as the state was heading into the, you know, the biggest COVID spike and the economic difficulties, the recession that ensued. And so it was a, it was a bit of a challenging moment, but again, it, it felt like the right time to, you know, step up, help the governor, help the people of California. And so I've been really honored to have the chance to do that. I mean, clearly the co- both those things, right, the, the twin crises of, the, of, of not just the pandemic, but the economic consequences of what we had to do to fight the pandemic have been really the biggest challenge. And I, you know, I've spent, I, I don't think that's historically, certainly not been part of this role as the head of the of GoBiz, of the Office of Business and Economic Development, but certainly that's taken up a disproportionate amount of my time in these first months. And under obviously that's the most important thing that we've been, been focused on is sort of getting through the pandemic and then helping our business community that, you know, get back up on its feet. And there've been so many sectors of our community that have been so hard hit by this from travel and tourism to restaurants to, you know, all those consumer facing kinds of businesses. I mean, every sector has been affected, obviously. And so what we've done is not only tried to make sure that we worked with the community and, and the business community has been fantastic about trying to keep consumers safe, trying to keep their employees safe and trying to, you know, help everybody get through this. And so grateful for the partnership that we've had, but we've also tried to invest in those small businesses through things like our COVID-19 small business relief grants, right? Four and a half billion dollars in funds to help those businesses get through this period. In addition to other programs, whether it's, you know, tax conformity with PPP, right, which ended up being $6 billion in tax cuts for small businesses to our main street tax credits, right? Tax credits for employers bringing back existing employees or new employees. And so, you know, many programs like that over the course of the past year, and, and we will continue to do that going forward because we're we're through a lot of the worst of it, but we're not through it yet. And so, you know, we will continue to work really hard to make sure that we get people back to work, that we get the economy back up on its feet and that, you know, people can can move forward in a productive way here, here in our state. Well, I see things in California as certainly very good and, and probably better than compared to lots of places in the country. And you and the governor have done a great job. Uh, but where do you see sort of the gaps at this point? I mean, there, there are certainly, because I represent restaurants and the restaurant industry in my practice. Where do you see the people that are hurting out there and, and what can be done for them? Yeah, look, I mean, it's in the compounding unfairness of, of life sometimes, right? People who were already struggling were the hardest hit by this. And so I, I think that's a big focus across state government and including those of us at GoBiz. And so I think people in consumer-facing jobs and lower-wage jobs, people without health care, you know, sectors of the economy that, again, are dependent on things like travel that just disappeared in the short and medium term have been hardest hit. And and I, and I think people are reluctant to go back to work as COVID continues to be part of our lives. You know, they're worried about a public that's not completely vaccinated, right? They're worried about their kids in school or bringing something home and giving it to a, a health compromised member of their family. And so I think that I think continues to be the biggest challenge is that the health concerns that people understandably have as we try to get more people vaccinated. That's why the governor has spent so much time and energy you know, not only advocating for the vaccines that are available, but mandating it in certain sectors where people are the most vulnerable. So that would be everything from your congregate care settings, like nursing homes to schools, where, you know, teachers and school staff have to be either vaccinated or test regularly. And pretty soon everybody in schools, as soon as the FDA approves the use for younger kids, will have to be vaccinated to, to attend schools. And again, that's to get at those most vulnerable populations so we can get through this. So that people can get back to work and feel safe and know that they're not going to 
put their families or their loved ones in, in jeopardy by going out and doing what they need to do. So uh, we'll continue to focus on that. And meanwhile, continue to invest back in the economy. And that's why the governor, you know, there's a lot of investment just in people and helping them through, whether it was, you know, providing the Golden State stimulus, which provided, you know, six to 1200 and more, and making sure that we do all this equitably, that we get vaccines into communities, that we spend the extra effort there, that we provide additional resources to help people get through this. And I want to say one more thing to the governor's strategy. We now have the lowest infection rate of any state in the country. Right. And we're very, very proud of that. We're not done, yeah. but we're making progress. I was just going to go, I'm sorry to interrupt you, John, I'll let you go in a second, but I was just going to comment every time I hear this about people not getting vaccinated, I just shake my head. It's just, it's beyond belief. I mean, I applaud the businesses that are required it. I applaud what the governor has done, but you know, here we are in early October and there are still people out there that refuse to get vaccinated, refuse to let their children who are of age get vaccinated. I, I don't, I simply don't get it. I don't understand where people are coming from and how this became a political issue is beyond it. I don't know. It's a great question, Brian. I mean, there is so much misinformation out there when there's so much reliable information and the facts are very clear about the vaccine, right? It's safe. There's been hundreds of millions of doses distributed around the world. We know that it's safe. We know that it works. We know that it prevents unnecessary illness and hospitalization and death. And we all vaccinate our children for a number of, uh, of preventable illnesses, whether it's smallpox or measles or mumps or polio. You know, a lot of these illnesses have been wiped out successfully and safely and healthfully. And COVID-19 is another one that we can successfully manage if people get vaccinated. So again, I, I, I'm 100% agree with you. I don't understand why this is a political fight, why people are so angry about getting the kind of health protections for their families that they have historically gotten. But we'll keep moving forward and trying to make sure that we get more shots into people's arms and boosters when those, as those become appropriate for different populations. And we will get through this as a result of most people, most Americans are, are getting vaccinated, but we still need those who are reluctant to do so. And I think we've seen, it's just crazy these past 18 to 24 months, you know, just there's been politics associated with everything, even with our own families. Brian and I will laugh at times because I think even when the vaccines were starting to come out, (laughs) our own mom was saying, God bless her, but she was saying, I can't believe Mrs. Grande got her vaccine before I did at the Rose Bowl. I can't believe (laughs) it. vaccine envy. Yeah, there was vaccine envy. I'm all for vaccine envy. I want people to be competitive about getting vaccinated. Absolutely. Those early days, right, when when people were like scrambling for like, hey, where'd you get an appointment? What? You know, going online, chasing each other, trying to get vaccinated. So I know I went on the minute I was eligible and I got my vaccine the next day. And, you know, as did my family. So John tried to convince people he was 70. (laughs) <laughs> doesn't take too much two, two kids and my own business trust me i'm graying yeah. fast very very fast yeah. you know one of the things that we love to talk to you about you know the legislature wrapped up obviously this past year there's things that were not accomplished there are things for that good? yeah for good oh. <laughs> right right they're home thank god but the there are things the governor probably certainly we talked about vaccinations there was a lot of debate at the end of session a lot of things relative to other parts of the covid related rules and regs but as the governor sees the legislature kind of winding down and looking ahead at next year i know you talked a little bit about it but what are some of the things that kind of coming out of the gates in january we might expect that really with the legislature back he hopes that we they can get roll up their sleeves and get to work on 
Yeah, well, as you know, the budget process is ongoing, right? Just as soon as we finish one budget cycle and, and the governor still has a couple hundred bills that he needs to either sign or not sign in the next week, you know, we begin the process of putting together the next budget. And so that's ongoing, obviously, and there are conversations going on across the state about what that will look like. But I think it's fair to say the governor will continue to look for big investments in economic recovery as we continue to move through this pandemic in the kind of health resources that we need to make sure we continue to keep people safe and in making sure that we do both those things, right? Provide the health benefits and economic recovery in an equitable way. That, that's something that's really important to him and to all of us to make sure that, you know, we, there were a lot of problems with our state and, and challenges in the economy before the pandemic. And, and, we, and I think what we did was peel the cover off some of that and saw to an even greater degree where, where the inequities were. And so we're going to continue to try to to do that. You know, he, as you know, the governor signed a package of, of, of legislation to try to facilitate the construction of new housing and, and affordable housing. And I think you'll see continued investments in that. That continues to be a challenge for us here in California. A lot of people want to live here. It's a great place to live. We have a great economy. And, the, you know, the down, the dark underbelly of that is that housing costs, particularly as we haven't built enough in recent years, are high. So that's one of the things well, I hear. Fortunately, those around. bills weren't controversial at all, right? <laughs> yeah, ne never. There's no tension around how and where we build. But yeah. I think, I think know, there's more misunderstanding about that legislation than there is understanding. Yeah, yeah. You know, and understandably, people want to protect their own neighborhoods. But we need to find ways to build more housing in the state and to create places for, for the people that live here and work here and support our economy to be. So uh, I think we'll continue to see investments like that, but the governor has to roll his budget out by January 10th. And so stay tuned for the details around all that. Yeah. Didi, you've, you've had the ability to be a chief strategist, both at the state level and the federal level and well beyond that. But like, you know, you certainly, for those who are not familiar with Sacramento and the governor's office, it's actually literally a horseshoe shape. So for years yeah. has been known as the horseshoe and certainly in Washington, D.C., working with President Clinton. I mean, tell us a little bit about just in general, just from kind of some of your top of mind thoughts. What are some of the differences with you've seen in terms of getting things done, how things work in the horseshoe versus the oval? And, you know, wh wh who has the better coffee is the real question. Who makes the better <laughs> coffee? And I know it's well, been many you know, years. It's been a long, I mean, I worked at the White House so long ago, there wasn't really even Starbucks except in <laughs> Seattle. So coffee is definitely better in both places. In, in some ways, they're the same, right? You, you have a legislature and you have executive and you have courts and you have a lot of process around trying to work through those competing interests and different agencies and checks and balances that were, you know, intentionally built into our process. And so there's some, obviously some familiarity into how that works. The federal government's obviously a lot bigger. And a lot of what the federal government does is pass through funding to states. And so in, it's been very interesting to me working on the state level because you're a little bit closer to the ground. We got a lot of the CARES Act money or other federal help for pandemic relief that were passed in Washington, but that flowed through to programs that we then executed on the ground. And so it was really nice to be able to see how through our small business relief grants, for example, we actually met the business owners who benefited from that. And they told us this was the difference between me keeping my, my doors open for a few more weeks or months to get through this. And so right. that's kind of the nice end of it is that you, you're just a little closer to the ground and you get to see 
the faces of the people who benefit from the work that's being done. And so that's been great. And so again, I mean, California is so big that the only thing bigger is the federal government. So that's also kind of similar in that just the scope of it is really large. Although, you know, obviously California is a lot bluer and it is a, you know, super majorities in both houses. So that's also a very different environment than Washington. The other thing I, I, I think is similar is even even on both sides of the aisle, I think what you have is really a lot of well-intentioned people working hard to try to make our country and our state better. And so I've always appreciated the values that really animate public service. And so it's it's a it's a treat for me to be back in that environment. Or maybe the real question is, how is the Biden White House uh, compared to the Bartlett White House? <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing quite lives up to the Bartlett White House. That's you know? true. Like in the Bartlett White House, there's like seven people who control everything. <laughs> you know, in the real world, it doesn't quite work that way. Right. Wait a minute. Are you saying that Hollywood is not like the real world? <laughs> you know, that's shocking. I know. I, I did uh, not you mean spent... burst your bubble. Oh um, my, now you're the yeah. next you're going to tell me. Brian, mom time. and dad met in line at ABC TV. We're not that's from so the untrue. real world. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah. What was it like working in Hollywood and how does that compare with politics? Yeah, <laughs> you know, the there's more similarities than people would think, right? For example, I mean, Washington is a company town and Hollywood is a company town and the company plays an outsized role in each of those towns and people work, you you tend to have a whole kind of ecosystem that surrounds both. And so it becomes a pretty dominant topic of conversation. And I also like to say with due respect and a little tongue in cheek that both places have draw people with really big egos who uh, like to be in the center of the action. And so I do think that's the similarity. And I think what's interesting about the West Wing was it's the first show that I think really, the first TV show that really captured, even though it's fiction, it captured a lot of what it's like to work in the White House. The pace, you know, the sometimes competing priorities, the complexity, the how a lot of, a lot of what happens is beyond your control, right? Things that are outside, even though you, you might be the president and the most powerful man on earth, there's a lot of things that happen in other parts of the world that are beyond your control that have incredibly profound imp- impact on what you're Just doing. Just don't, don't tell that to the studio heads because they would, yeah, never, yeah. Believe, yeah, very they would good never believe that in a million yeah. years. One thing that was not, I don't recall on any of the episodes of the West Wing was a, a recall election ever. <laughs> and, you know, and just kind of the elephant yeah, in the here's, room. Now, here's one that my brother and I may disagree with. I, I think the effect of the recall has been to do nothing but hurt the Republicans. I think that it's almost guaranteed Gavin's re-election. Uh, I think it's strengthened the, the Democratic and the, the, the view, left to center view in California. I don't know how John feels about that, but I, I think it was a huge mistake. In hindsight, they probably wish they never did it, but who knows? Yeah, well, and I were here to hear Didi, but I would say my opinion on it is, of course, NFIB did not take a position. I think, you know, we realize that emotions are high during very difficult times. People are frustrated. I think people want to see immediate change, and it, they look to the top, right, often, whether it's a company or any place. But, you know, I, I think, you know, at this point, it's good to have that in the rearview mirror because I think everybody wants to move forward with progress. we got a lot of things that need to get done and accomplished. And there are rec- regular election cycles to determine those types of things. But, you know, coming out of that, what is the governor's general mood coming out of that, the agenda coming out of that? Is there kind of what his, his general thoughts were and emotions were and kind of looking ahead? You know, it's, it happened. It, it did happen. But kind of where's his mood looking ahead at, at next year and even now? Yeah. Well, you know, as I, and I am on the government side of the house, right, not the politics side yeah. of the house. But I will say a couple of things. One, I mean, as I travel around and talk to people, even, even Republicans, what I hear most is what an incredible waste of time and money. 
right? And so I think as a state, we might want to reconsider. Clearly, there's support for some kind of a recall process as a check on particularly on a corrupt executive or you know, legislators, others too. But I think it's it would be, you know, it's maybe time to sort of look at the process and ask ourselves, is this the best we can do? And I think there's a, you know, there's a lot of appetite for that now. We're already seeing the, you know, legislature join that conversation. So I think that from speaking as, you know, somebody inside the governor's world, I think everybody's incredibly relieved to have that behind us because as much as you try to keep your eye on the ball and the governor did, right, he kept certainly fighting the pandemic, it's distracting. You have to go out and engage because you're, you're forced into this process that you didn't, it's beyond your control. Again, one of these things that's beyond your control. So you go out, you fight. And now that we're, that's behind us, I think two things. One, it clears the deck so the governor can put, spend 100% of his focus on serving the state. And the other thing is, I think it was a referendum on the governor's COVID policies. Certainly that's, you know, he won with mm-hmm. more than 60% of the vote. And one of the main reasons that people say that they that they wanted to move forward is because they support the effort that he's made and the policies that he's put forward to get us through this COVID, to keep people safe, to keep people healthy, and then to get our economy back on track as quickly and safely as we can. And as we see, the net result of, of that policy over the last 18 months is the lowest infection rate in the country, one of the highest vaccination rates in the country and our economy. You know, we're creating more jobs. I think we still have a lot of challenges in our economy. But in the last six months, we've created more jobs than any, any other state in a disproportionate amount of the nation's jobs. We still have an unemployment rate that we need to focus on and is unacceptably high, right? Until every person that wants to work is working, the unemployment rate will be unacceptably high. And that will be one of the focuses of our year going forward. So thank you, Didi. Let's, let's have a little fun now. We do this every single podcast we do. All eight of our listeners really enjoy it. <laughs> I love Nine. <laughs> Mom listens once in a while. Learn how to work the podcast out. <laughs> so we just want to ask you some fun, fast questions okay. and uh, get to know you a little bit better. So I'm going to start just by asking you your favorite meal. If you had a meal you wanted prepared for you, I won't say last meal. That's kind of morose, but uh, a great meal. What would it be? Well, it's a good, it, it depends. Last meal versus favorite meal, or, you know, because if you're, if it's your last meal, you don't have to worry, right? You can eat whatever you want. So if it's my last meal, it's going to be a really good New York strip, some really good French fries, and maybe a wedge salad with bacon and blue cheese dressing. If I'm thinking about my, there's nothing better than great sushi, you know, than really good sushi or other kinds of Japanese food in, in that vein. So but I love all food. So it's, it's hard for me to, to really pick a favorite, but those are two that come certainly come to mind that I would never say no to. All right. What do you enjoy binge watching the most, provided you have time to binge watch? <laughs> uh, the West Wing. Other uh, than no, the West well, Wing. <laughs> you know, unlike everybody else my age, a Ted, I love Ted Lasso. I find that every character in that show is redeemable. So that's a joy. I also recently finished The Mayor of, East, Mayor of Easttown. And I thought Kate Winslet was spectacular, as was Gene Smart and a number of the other cast. So I really enjoyed in that. I mean, there's a lot of things that I like. I really like Schitt's Creek. And not just because you can say Schitt's Creek on the air. You can say anything <laughs> on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah John. Uh, I think you grew up in Southern California, didn't you? I did, yeah. yeah. Favorite, favorite television program when you were a child? You know, it was that, uh, you know, Brian, you may recall sort of the... Brady Bunch, Partridge Family, Mary Tyler Moore, and Bob Newhart was kind of the weekend lineup with if your parents were like not paying attention, you might sneak in a little Love American style. That was the racy show. So, but I loved all those sitcoms. The Bod Couple, 
growing up the you know the it was kind of the golden age of sitcoms but like if i had to pick one it would probably be mary tyler Moore. yeah since i had no friends that's all i did was watch television. <laughs> yeah me and my you know irish triplet sisters we that was that was our you know those were the exciting times of our weekend evenings what college or pro team do you enjoy? Like, are you the biggest fan of or tailgate? Where do you, what do you like? I and mean, we talked that you like the Dodgers, obviously. So let's talk yeah, football. Yeah, that's my team. That's my team. Let's talk Not football. High school, my, I had a group of friends that we were all Dodger fans. And <laughs> as soon as we could drive, uh, we would find a way to get to Dodger Stadium. Tickets, you could get into the red seats or the bleachers for a dollar. And we found other ways into better seats. But uh, we went all the time. I still am on a basically a daily text chain with my Dodger friends. So Tim, Colleen, Red, Lisa, everybody. Hey, so that, that's my team. I mean, I, I like the Lakers. I'm glad we have a football team or two again, but I'm all about the Dodgers. And so I'm really excited for, you know, we, we got our, our work cut out for us this season, but I'm really excited for tomorrow night. And if you were a cartoon character, which cartoon character would you be? Well, as a Warner Brothers veteran, <laughs> it has to be Looney Tunes and it has to be Bugs Bunny. But, you know, assuming Bugs Bunny is actually a girl masquerading as a boy, he is smart. He's a little a little bit of a rebel, right? I love that about Bugs. He's got a great sense of humor. And somehow he always manages to get what he wants. <laughs> I wish that was true of me. By letting kind of, you know, a little bit of a jujitsu, always letting the other guys kind of mess up. So I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from Bugs. I'll let John ask the last question. What is your ideal chill time? Is it doing a crossword puzzle? Is it a spa day? What do you just unwind with besides lots of West Wing reruns and some good, some good <laughs> comfort Dave. food? Yeah, Dodger. You know, it's just, it's just hanging out with my family and friends. There's nothing I like better than just having dinner with friends, maybe throw a glass of wine into the mix, but just really being able to relax and, again, just spend time. I'm a dinner party versus big party person although you know big party every now and then is fun but that's definitely friends around the table is my favorite time hey dd myers you've been a terrific guest thank you very much for being with us we really appreciate your time we appreciate everything you're doing for california well thanks for having me and thanks for what you guys do as well and for showing that on politics but still be friends and brothers and so in this moment i think that's a wonderful example for all of us we're always brothers and occasionally friends <laughs> once in a blue moon tell mom that for sure well thank you Dee. and hey one quick thing if we obviously we've had a real good conversation Are you ask for a job john <laughs> i do have a I've, I've had two stints in the governor's office i'm good thank you yeah. <laughs> where can people go i want to say this because there's a lot of small businesses a lot of californians who need help and co and right. go biz has been great so if there's a egregious plug this is a great opportunity and i think that's important. yeah absolutely and go biz which is the nickname for the governor's office of business and economic development you can find us at business.ca.gov and you'll see there all of our programs and there there are among other things there are access to loans and other incentive programs and support programs and there's also an office there we call it calbiz the office of business investment services that help there to help businesses navigate find decide a new business find whatever what other incentives might be available to them cut through some of the of the complexity of, of regulations or other things and so we are a we're kind of a concierge for the business community we like to try to you know, we're a great first stop. Yeah. We want to help our businesses succeed and grow. Small businesses in particular 
are the backbone of our economy here. More than 4 million Californians work for small businesses. And so, John, you know that as well as anyone. And so we are here to serve you. So music to my to ears. Music to my ears. <laughs> yes. Well, Didi, thank you so much. Didi Myers, wonderful having you and just real grilled treat. And we'll hope to have you back sometime, certainly. Yeah, sure. good to be with you both. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Cabot Talks. If you liked what you heard, give us a positive review, a thumbs up, a high five, whatever. Leave a comment, share, and subscribe. We're two brothers, two opinions, one California. Cabot Talks.